Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast. My name is Ross Casey. I'm here with an absolutely brilliant guest. We have got someone that's going to take over the show and make it be the Nina Samuels show. She's a former EVE champion. She's a former Riot Cabaret champion. She is a former NXT UK superstar. She's an all-round badass. She is Nina Samuels. Welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast, Nina. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I have to correct something on your intro, though. I am the current Riot Cabaret Women's Champion. Don't be manifesting me losing that title. (laughs) Over a year with that championship. Very, very proud of it. No one's taken it off me. I have to say that with your character, the Riot Cabaret Championship is perfect for Nina Samuels. Oh, it really, it really is. I've only missed one of their shows, which was the very, very first show. But ever since I started with working with them, I feel like it's a match made in heaven. I feel like with Riot Cabaret, it just works. Everything that I'm doing, I think, goes so well with what they're doing. And I absolutely love being a part of their shows. Yeah, and it seems like they're really picking up some traction. I saw that they were featured on XFM with, uh, what's the name of the stand-up? Guy Ed, does, Ed uh, Gamble. Ed yes. Gamble, yes, yeah. So they're getting some really good traction on their socials. And obviously, the Mr. Blobby um, <laughs> show picked up huge traction on the likes of Metro yeah. Online as well. So when, when, when I found out that Mr. Blobby was going to be on that show, I just assumed they'd got a Mr. Blobby costume for a wrestler to wear. I didn't realise until I got there that it is the actual Mr. <laughs> Blobby. Yeah, yep. that, that blew my mind. Yeah, me and the rest of the Should Be Fun boys all spent, I think, in a, in total £55 for an in-ring photo with, with a blobby, and it was money well spent. <laughs> uh, do you know, I, I never got around to asking for a selfie with Mr. Blobby. I just oh. completely set my mind till afterwards. I saw everyone posting their pictures. I was like, no, missed out. <laughs> that was such a fun show. Really was. Uh, Riot Cabaret, if you haven't been, definitely go. It's one that is great for casual fans just as much as it is for hardcore wrestling Mm -hmm. fans. I think if it's one that you're wondering um, how to get a partner or a friend into pro wrestling, I think Riot Cabaret is a great shout for a first show. Yes, 100%. There's definitely something for everyone. There's there's great wrestling for the people who are hardcore fans, love going to every single show in existence but there's also a lot of fun there so like you say it's a great welcome to wrestling for anyone who hasn't watched a show before as well yeah absolutely absolutely so let's start at the very start then nina did you grow up as a wrestling fan i did yes i've got um two older brothers so one's 10 years older one's 12 years older so they were tasked a lot with babysitting me when i was younger so um a lot of babysitting would be watching wrestling because when i was younger there wasn't much wrestling so yeah, we were watching the same VHSs over and over again on repeat. But yeah, so I've grown up watching it since I can remember pretty much. And um, yeah, despite all the "Don't try this at home" warnings, we were always yeah. trying it, getting the sofa cushions out. And because I was tiny, um, it was very easy for them to try lifting, doing certain moves, moves on me. So yeah, yeah, did a lot of that in our household. Did you have a wrestling character name back then? Oh no, no. no. Like it, it was a weird thing to me. Like. Even though I watched it all the time, it just occur- it didn't occur to me as something that you can do, aside from just acting acting out at home. Yep. It just the prospect of being a wrestler just did not occur to me at all until I was 25. So <laughs> so yeah, lifelong fan, but yeah, it just never occurred to me as something it was always something that I watched, not really something that I ever thought about doing myself. Yeah. It must be something that your brothers are massively buzzed that you're part of, if they were big fans as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, one of my brothers, I'm sure if it wasn't for his uh, two very active boys, my lovely nephews, um, I'm sure he would be um, <laughs> at every show as well. But, yeah, my my eldest brother, he's always, when he, when he's not traveling around for work, he's always uh, there at every single show. So, yeah. Um, Amazing they're, support. They're, my whole family are massive supporters. Love that. Great to hear. Um, and I believe that you grew up in Fleet. Is that right? Yes, I did. Yeah. We've got um, a friend who... Uh, 
travels a lot and knows Fleetwell for its service station and says it's a very good service station. That's the only reason anyone's ever heard of Fleet <laughs> as a services. But it is a very, very good service station. I actually used it some sometimes if a wrestling show, if the route goes past the M3, I'll go and hang out at my mum's for the day and get someone to pick me up from Fleet Services. <laughs> I just get dropped off at the service station and, and yeah. yeah. It's wonderful. It's helped us out on many a Christmas days when uh, we've forgotten milk or something. We've had to go, and that's the only place open. So yeah. just nipped to the service station for that. Yeah. I actually used to date a girl who lived in Fleet. And the only thing that I remember about Fleet mostly was the sheaf. People would love the sheaf. The she- the oat sheaf? Yeah. Has it changed its name to the sheaf now? I, I know what, it's the oat sheaf. That's just what they would call it. Be like, we're going down the sheaf. <laughs> oh, you said she's an ex-girlfriend, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, no one I know is called it. Call it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's apparent to me that from looking at your uh, past history that you started at the Lucha School with Greg, is that right? Yes, London School of, of Lucha Libre. Well, actually, my first five sessions ever was at 4FW in Swindon because um, it didn't occur to me on, to go on Google and look at schools in London because I okay, thought it very much oh you have to be brought into a school because from all the autobiographies I've read that was the sort of yeah situation so I got an in with a school um at Swindon through a friend so yeah 4FW was actually where I had my first five sessions but yeah then uh London School of Leecher Libre I would say is where all the bulk of my trainings happened and you wrestled there under a different character name I will butcher it so I'll let you say it (laughs) uh yes La Diablesa Rosa um yeah so much better than what I would have said (laughs) um yeah so yeah I wrestled there so I made my debut on each Britannia 2014 I think the last show I did for them was 2019 I think but yeah then they had a hiatus through COVID and they actually just made a comeback this year so I've not been back wrestling for them yet but um there's a potential rumors that uh Ladea Blessed Rosa could be returning oh so nice we'll see (laughs) I saw some footage, I think, from the return of Lucha Patel. It, it was with Jerry Bakehall as the host, right? He wasn't hosting. He would have been wrestling, but he might have done an act. Yeah, so maybe he did an act. some stand-up yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of love, a lot of love for Jerry Bakewell. And somehow he has managed to be listed as the ring announcer and the host for Progress this week. He has, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea who thought that was a good idea, but... Um, <laughs> In the words of RuPaul, I can't wait to see how this turns out. I'm <laughs> Absolutely. very excited yeah. to see how Jerry Bakewell hosting Progress goes. Especially for a Halloween-themed Progress to it. It's pretty perfect, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if perfect is the right word, but um, <laughs> like I say, I'm very excited to see how it turns out. He's, he's, a, he's a very good friend of mine. I've got a lot of love for Jerry Bakewell. And um, it will certainly be a very different hosting style from what progress he used to. Um, and I can't wait to see what he does with the role. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, I've got a lot of friends that are very excited to see him. I haven't seen him for quite some time. And he's definitely a, a throwback character, isn't he? Someone that, that, yeah. that leads into crowd participation, which I think is perfect for progress. So hopefully it's more than just a one-time gig. I hope so. I hope so. And if throwback is your nice way of saying old, then um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one really knows how old Jerry Bakewell is, you know. Is he 37? Is he 67? No one really knows. Yeah. That's the joy of wearing of like wearing a mask or face paint. I went to see yeah. Kiss at the O2 two months ago and they still look like they're 25, but they're actually eight yeah, years old. <laughs> that's the secret you know sod asian creams we all just need to wear face paint all day every day <laughs> absolutely then we'll move on to your career with eve something which obviously is fantastic for not just british wrestling but pro wrestling as a whole to give representation to an all-female card something that you were a massive part of with your you were saying earlier that you had a year-long reign or well, a current year-long reign as the riot champion you had a nice long reign as eve champion as well and you had some fantastic matches the match that i recall most for you there was the match that you had at york hall which one well yeah you've had so many I mean. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm um, testing you now yeah it's great being part of eve um i absolutely love it i definitely think whilst um lucha britannia was probably the promotion that most shaped my uh first few years even to now, I'd say is a promotion that's, you know, really, really shaped where I'm at now and my persona now, my in-ring style. So yeah, so much love for Pro Wrestling Eve. 
current EVE Tag Team Champion and hoping to go for the Pro Wrestling EVE Championship as well. I've got my eyes on Miyu Yamashita. I'm actually, I'm ranked number one in EVE. It's yeah, not well... talked about enough. It's not talked about enough. For some reason, I still haven't had a title shot. I'm having words with management. We're going to get it sorted. But yeah, definitely hoping to add the Pro Wrestling EVE Championship to my ever-growing collection. Yes, talking about your ever-growing collection, congratulations are in order. I saw your wedding photo on your Instagram page with the incredible shot of you with, is it four titles in total that you're holding? Four championships now, yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd seen uh, Billy Starks had done her prom photo with them, and so I was like, oh, I don't think I've ever seen a wedding, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I've ever seen um, a wedding photo with the title belts, so... The, I got married in Ireland, so the luggage management with the waitress tradition yeah. to get that photo was was difficult, <laughs> but um, worth it, but, totally yeah, worth, worth it. it, worth it in the end. <laughs> yeah, so Eve have just come off there. She won, um, where you were yes. undefeated. Just to make that clear to everyone, you yeah. went to a twenty-minute time limit draw for your match. Was it with Casey Owens, right? Casey Owens, yes, yep. that was the twenty-minute time limit draw. Yeah, so followed by a near 15-minute time limit draw with uh, Rio earlier on in the day. So, yeah, there was a lot of wrestling in one day. Yeah, um, and as but... I was saying, it's a promotion that really gives women the opportunity to have those sorts of matches. Obviously, when you look at the likes of the bigger promotions, it's pretty rare that women get given that kind of time to have a match. That's fantastic mm-hmm. that Eve hand you that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, ama- amazing to have that opportunity. I mean, I think it's great because things are steadily changing. I mean, even I think it was... SummerSlam this year with uh, the triple threat with who was it with Asuka, Bianca, Charlotte that set the record I think for the longest women's match yep. at SummerSlam ever and that was not quite as long as me and Casey Owens but <laughs> I think about the eighteen minute mark something something like that so um so yeah it's definitely great seeing women get more time across the board and I'm really happy that I get those opportunities as well and like I say Eva's a great one for that like very rarely shy of time on a pro wrestling Eve show I think. Uh, Towards the end of September, me and Alex Windsor went close to 20 minutes as well. So, um, yeah, a lot of tough wars for me in pro wrestling, Eve, at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm, put, I'm putting in the time. I'm putting in the work. I think, you know, I, I need to get that championship. That's what I need next. You're saying that you've only missed one show in their history. Are you looking to get booked on the show up in Walthamstow with their big names? Is it Konami and Slamovich on that card? Um, oh, so that was right. Cabaret, I've only missed one of their Oh, shows. sorry, yeah. Um, Eve have been going long, long, long before I even started wrestling. But yes, I will be at the show, at the next show with Konami, Masha Slamovich, Maxi Impaler. So yeah, I'm very, very excited for that. I'm looking forward to Eve being in a new venue because I think we've yeah. had a bit of a rough year for consistency in terms of venues, whether we're a weekday, a, a weekend. So yeah, I'm really excited for the year ahead that we've got with Eve. The new venue I've had a look looks incredible. And yeah, there's a lot of really exciting things coming for Eve in 2024. And I am buzzing to be a part of it. Absolutely. And then we also spoke about Riot Cabaret. Yeah. And that's somewhere where kind of character work is key. Um, as we were saying that it's kind of a bit more of a casual audience it's a bit more cabaret it's in the name i was recently watching the charles crowley interview that he did with mickey james and socal val on their podcast Mm -hmm. and they were talking about the importance of character work and when i think of character work i think of you nina because i was a big fan of nxt uk and your nina samuel show stuff really stood out for me as well as your in-ring work but the character side of things for your character on nxt uk i absolutely loved was that something that you're really kind of trying to forge from your own kind of past is there like an acting stage past to you yeah so for about five years before I was a wrestler I was a professional dancer singer and actress so um, so yeah definitely lots of real life experience to draw from there you meet a lot of very interesting characters in that world. So yeah, Nina Samuel's character and influences from that definitely stem from a big amalgamation of people from the previous previous industry that I worked with. And, you know, the performing arts world, there are so many transferable skills yeah. to wrestling. And what I like about wrestling is you get to sort of make your own character, make your own path. So a lot of what I had with the performing world before is you're fitting into a box. You have a specific role to play or a specific lineup to fit into. So it's specifically altering yourself to fit into the parameters 
yeah. of whatever the particular job is. And what I love about wrestling is that, you know, we're a lot more in control as wrestlers. We get to, obviously we have certain narratives we have to work to within promotions, their storylines, but essentially building character is up to us, you know, yeah. down to what the character's wearing, what the character's name is, what the gimmick is, so to speak, the entrance music, general presentation, moveset. So that's why I love adding that character element to it because there are some people where athleticism is their main strength. And for me, I like to try and be as athletic as, as I can, but yeah, I think adding that character spin onto it is a really big part of what I do. And I think I'm I'm naturally a very creative person. And especially in NXT UK, that's where a lot more of the character side came out because I wasn't yeah. used to before that having such small ring time. So I yeah. sort of when I didn't have as much of a creative outlet in terms of the in-ring stuff, I was like, right, well, I need to do something else with all this creative energy I've got bubbling up. So yeah. that was where I started doing the Nina Samuel show. And yeah, that was so much fun. I had an amazing time doing that. And like I say, it gave me a bit of focus to do if there wasn't as much going on in ring. Yeah, yeah. With storylines for whatever reason, it meant that I had that. And it was good as well because it gave other wrestlers in the brand a chance to show a different side of their character as well. Because yeah. We were, didn't have the same level of uh, supervision, shall I say, um, <laughs> as stuff on the TV product did. So we managed to get away with a bit more than we would have done if it was a part of the weekly TV program, take a few more risks and try things out. So that was a lot of fun. How much like kind of guidance were you given, for example, the download festival stuff that you did? Oh, when, when, you, so, were, when you were backstage. So that was super early. So that I absolutely love that. Essentially... Oh, and believe it or not, that was like a really toned down version of oh, really? <laughs> the video that was made. Yeah. I keep meaning to ask, actually, there is apparently in existence a way funnier version that um, they thought wouldn't may not translate to an American audience. Oh, right. Okay. But apparently in terms of British humour, it was great. But there wasn't really <laughs> much of a plan for it, to be honest. It was literally just a camera following me around. And I was just, right, let's just wander around Download Festival in character. Yeah. And yeah, there wasn't much of a plan, really. So that was a lot of fun. So it was just a case of see what things there were in the surroundings, see who wanted to talk to me, see who didn't yeah. want to talk to me. Yeah. And yeah, see what was going on. So when there happened to be the meet and greet, then it was like, oh, well, let's <laughs> pretend that everyone's here for here for me. And then, yeah, there were a lot of bits that just happened yeah. completely, completely organically. But yeah, that was uh, that was pretty much the task for the day. Just be in character and get followed around by a camera. I think my favorite. Yeah, one were one day it... I hope I can unearth like the uh, the more unedited version of the video. But yeah, that was a lot of fun to do. If you do, please please pop it onto the socials for us all. I will. <laughs> I, I might not be allowed. It might be a. <laughs> I, I might be in copyright trouble. But, <laughs> okay, uh, true. <laughs> I'd like to view it for myself at least. In terms of character work, your character is someone that kind of has the idea that you're the main character, right? That in your head you are the show. You are the reason that everyone is there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I absolutely love the fact that through the fact that NXT UK is no longer a thing, but you were on network TV and you can use that as you're like, yeah, I'm a big star. I was on NXT UK. These people weren't on NXT UK. I love that as like a premise, but then I love the fact how you've worked it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of see your character now as someone that has started to get a bit like a lot more vicious in the ring, whereas you were a bit more hammy in your ring work previous to NXT UK being a thing and now that you're out of it you've still got the idea that you're a big star and that you are bigger and better than everyone else but you've got this kind of anger that people have seen that you were a star and now you're having to wrestle at smaller venues etc etc and it's giving you this kind of angst and it really came out in the Nina Samuels versus Falcon match which we absolutely loved and we talked about at length on podcast two weeks ago the clock strikes midnight match we actually love this match but um I just feel like your character work now is kind of at its best that it's ever been and it's always been good thank you I mean to be honest I never really liked the, the whether I was on tv or not to be honest has been kind of irrelevant to me like you know as Nina Samuels will see herself as a star no matter yeah. what platform that she's on and similarly as well after leaving WWE I didn't want to rely on it I very much wanted to create the body of work that 
I wanted to create in WWE all along. So from that perspective, it was very important to me. You know, if a promotion wants to stick the logo or as seen on NXT yeah, UK yeah. on their posters, power to them. But for me, I really wanted to make sure that, you know, that was a chapter, but not a chapter that I need to yeah. reference. I learned what I learned from there. But, um, but yeah, so that's why I kind of didn't continue doing the Nina Samuel show after NXT UK, because I felt very much like it was something that I was really proud of doing in NXT UK. But what I really wanted to prove was my in-ring work because that yep. was something that I didn't really show. You know, I did the job that I needed to do in, in NXT yeah. UK in terms of in-ring, and I think I did it well within what they wanted me to do. Absolutely. But I wanted to leave that behind and establish myself and show the other side of the character that I didn't necessarily have the, have the opportunity to, to get to. There was plans to get there, and then, you know, it didn't. Um, yeah. It didn't quite happen. So I was like, right, well, now I'm going to tell the story I wanted to tell all along, be the character I wanted to be all along. And I think it's important this is that having the versatility of the character where there are, like you say, those hammy elements. So if you want to put me in a comedy spot on the show, you can do that. But I'm going to make sure that there's still legitimacy in what I'm doing so that if I'm going to be put in a main event spot, it's not out of place. And I'm going to 100% deliver what I need to deliver. Yeah in that so that was really my goal coming out of NXT UK was to sort of have you know it's a full chip on the shoulder moment you know coming out of that sort of environment especially in you know I know I'm I'm not the first and I'm not going to be the last person come out of WWE saying I wish I'd done more you know it's it's a tale as old as time and a lot that's a lot of people's narrative but I do get it and yeah that's why it's really important to me when I came out to just really try and put together like the best work of my career and in my view, I feel like I've done that. Like you said, the, the match with Alexis, the clock straight midnight match, that was something I was really proud of, like a really long story going into it that got a lot of people talking and that's that's exactly what we wanted. So I'm very, very proud of that. Yeah, and through your own character work, you've given Alexis a platform to have her new character in progress as well. Obviously, she was transitioning from the kind of rock and roll chick to mm-hmm. the real life Alexis with the Disney stuff. So uh, that's proof that your character work can rub off on other workers, which is fantastic. And yeah, and now here she is challenging for the title. Thanks to me. You're welcome, <laughs> Alexis. <laughs> so you spoke about how you had a bit of a chip on your shoulder and that you wanted to prove yourself. Uh, you've certainly done that in terms of the amount of wrestling that you've been doing not just in the amount of matches, but also all over Europe. I've seen in a bit of research that I've been doing, you've been in places like Finland, Italy, Spain. You've been all over the place. Yeah. Nina Samuel been... show worldwide. <laughs> Absolutely. So what's been your favourite place to wrestle so far? Japan, easy. In yeah. terms of countries, in terms of yeah. countries to wrestle in, 100% Japan. That's no disrespect to all of the uh, wonderful European promotions that <laughs> have welcomed me over. And I'd like to think they won't take it personally. But um, yeah, wrestling in Japan was yeah, just unreal. Um, I've done two tours there now. Still finalised the next one. The next one should be in 2024. And both just far exceeded my expectations. Like It was a dream to wrestle in Japan. And the dream, it fully lived up to and exceeded everything that I hoped it would be. So, yeah, love wrestling out there for Sendai. And when you talk about having a chip on your shoulder, having the best women's wrestler in the world, the best wrestler in the world, want to bring you over to Japan and wrestle for their promotion. That's that's a pretty cool. Um, that's a pretty cool validation that I don't know if she'll ever know what that meant to me. But yeah, Miko bringing me out for to Japan twice. Yes. Um, work for her promotion was just unbelievable. Like, I can't say enough good things about going over there and working in Japan. She didn't make you endure the uh, dojo now. Oh, I went to the dojo. I oh. loved it. <laughs> I trained with Mako. I trained with Mako before. I knew I was getting myself in for. Wow. Um, the second time we actually didn't get to train at the dojo just because it was such a short tour and we had right. such a, an, a large amount of shows in that short amount of time. But yeah, the first trip that I was there I was there just under three weeks and we did plenty of training in the dojo, which was great. Hard work. I'm not saying it wasn't hard imagine, work, yeah. but I have trained with Mako before, so I, I knew what I was getting myself into and. Yeah, it was great to do that training with the other wrestlers from Sendai Girls as well. Amazing. And now that you could possibly working with the likes of Konami, that can help with uh, your networking there as well. Hell yeah, exactly. It's uh, 
yeah it's it's very surreal looking at the card for the next pro wrestling eve show they've uh they've really got about making 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 a statement and having konami over is yeah it's incredible um she's going to bring a lot of eyes to pro wrestling eve i think so if people will come to watch for konami but then stay for all the amazing other women that they're going to see that are part of the regular eve yes. women, women's roster because i really do think we've got an incredible bunch of women there yeah i think that's how kind of independence get there long-term fans i know that our group went to i think it was rev pro was our first show like in 2012 or something when they had tanahashi and we came for him and then saw these amazing british wrestlers and we were hooked yeah it's the same with them like the aw weekend that we had just now it was very cool because a lot of the time these shows especially london shows you're used to seeing the same fans and of course we're very very appreciative to those regular fans but it was very cool seeing people who they would meet at the merchandise they would and they would say this is the first time we've ever come and seen the, seen this show and i was yeah. like now you're a fan for life they're like yeah we're going to keep up we're going to watch online so yeah. um so yeah that's very very cool aw coming to town brought a lot of eyes to our lovely promotions here in london and i hope that the love is gonna continue yeah and talking about lovely promotions in London, we'll move on to Progress. Just a quick chat on your history with Progress. You started with your first matches at the Dome. What were your memories yes. of, of working on those Dome shows? Yeah, so I think my Progress debut, I believe, was wrestling Candy Floss in a mysterious right. Progress show that they decided not to film. So it's like, <laughs> it's almost like a secret, like, lost Progress show. Seems to be yeah. a uh, recurring theme, Nina, that you've lost all of your favourite stuff. <laughs> right? Well... But yeah, so wrestle candy floss for that one. I had a couple of false starts with progress actually. Before that match, there were two separate times I was meant to debut with progress. But um one time I broke my foot. Right. And then the second time was for the first ever Revelations of Divine Love tournament. I was a wrestler. I booked a holiday Monday to Thursday, thinking that's safe, won't miss any wrestling there. And they did the tournament on a Monday. Oh, I'm so I'm then I'm... and each time it meant I had my debut had to get postponed by a good chunk because a lot of the time these things work in waves. Yes. So the first of my debut was building up to an Ali Pali show. So then after I'd missed that wave, it was all gearing up to that. And then a similar thing happened after the Revelations of Divine Love Tournament. There was the fallout from there. But I think it happened for a reason. You know, I was I was meant to come into progress as a baby face, which I don't think I would have set the world alight as a baby face. Whereas coming in as a heel, I think that was yeah, that was the right time. And um I'd grown in the ring, matured a bit more as well, fleshed out my character a bit more. So you know, I'm happy things worked out the way that they did because I think I came in making the impression that I wanted to make. Yeah. How did you feel about your face run in progress? Honestly, I didn't love it. I feel like now I've got a bit more of the hang of how to work my character as a baby face. But at the time, I found it difficult because I wasn't a baby face because I'd been a good person. I was a baby <laughs> face because my friend turned on me. So by default, yeah. Yeah. they were cheering for me. Um. I mean, in saying in saying that, I still had some matches that I loved at that time. I had a one that I really enjoyed with Laurie DiMatteo, one with Jimmy, yeah. with Casey Owens, um, and then going into a challenge for the title at Ali Pali. So I don't want to sound ungrateful. I had a lot of great experiences there, but um, I definitely prefer working as a heel and feel more comfortable working as a heel. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I loved your match with Jordan Gray. So I really thought that match was fantastic. And it was a... Oh, yeah. And it was a show where the women kind of owned that show really it was a very uh -huh. female-led chapter and that was cool because it's something that progress don't do a lot of um so i really enjoyed that um yeah that was a very last minute booking i think um because candy floss wasn't well so i was actually booked at midnight the night before that show oh, wow. to do it after having uh been drinking all day should i say oh, wow, uh, okay. I what it was some kind of friend's birthday so I came in, advanced the finals, had two matches. I had to get special permission from WWE as well, because at the time there was a rule where we couldn't work seven days before a uh, taping. Right, okay. And that was the day yeah. before we were due to go training. So I had to get special permission for that. To do three uh, matches And as after well. <laughs> a main event match with Jordan Grace, I came into day one of training feeling very battered and bruised. <laughs> She's a hard hitter, but yeah, it was great working her. And oh, I'd, I'd love to work her again because I think we've both, grown so much since then i mean look at her how much she's yeah. killing it with all of her competitions and with the work that she's doing in impact if there's ever a chance to run that match back again i would absolutely love that yeah um impact is a company that seems to give great opportunities to their women and i love mm -hmm. seeing uh, danny luna there this summer as well yes yeah she's absolutely been, been killing it there um so and danny luna's great so i'm really really happy 
seeing how well she's doing. And of course, they're coming to the UK now, seeing Alex Windsor and Emerson Jane getting opportunities with them yes. as well. So I think they've they've done a great job with scouting. I mean, I'm obviously going to say it needs more Nina. But <laughs> if it's not going to be me, I'm very happy with uh, Danny Luna, Emerson Jane, Alex Windsor representing the women of British wrestling. I think they're amazing choices. And I mean, Danny Luna's obviously already been doing great work there. And I think Alex Windsor and Emerson Jane are going to impress a lot of people on that UK tour. Yeah, definitely. If you haven't got your ticket, I think they're doing quite a lot of shows. They're doing like three or four shows, I think. So yes, make sure that you... they are. I think Coventry yeah, they, sold they out. They opened up an extra one in Coventry, I think, because they sold out the first yeah. one. So Excellent. great sign. Yeah, yeah. We're all about Brit West doing well. We're not about tribalism here. So yeah, great to see British wrestling selling out venues. Fantastic. Yes. So let's move on to... The Long Halloween, a show that is your first match back since the uh, Clock Strikes Midnight match. And just to briefly touch on that first, a match that we absolutely loved. We were not entirely sure of how the match was going to play out. We weren't entirely sure of the rules. (laughs) And then they played that fantastic um, three-part promo for the match, something that Progress, I think, do fantastically well with their promos. Uh, The one that just was released today of Lana and Alexis is fantastic as well. Um, oh yeah, it's brilliant. Huge shout out to the video team at um at Progress. They really do an amazing job of yeah. telling our stories. I think every wrestler grew up as a fan watching the My Sacrifice videos and everything, dreaming that they would get a cool hype video yeah. for a story they were telling. And yeah, the Progress video guys definitely let us live out those dreams and really help create a big fight feel for us. Yeah, sure. So obviously it was a match that is kind of a first of its kind a little bit, I guess. I've certainly never seen yeah. a match like it. Was it something that was kind of, you were handed plenty of creative on it or were you not able to do too much of that? No, 100%. We were given so much creative freedom with it, which was brilliant. I say creative freedom, but we also had the support of Progress where we needed them for. We could consult them on certain things. Some things they said no to, but they said yes to enough things. So um, Yeah, because it seemed like it had to be a real team effort because obviously there's the screen that had to be at, at the right time. The audio had to be at the right time. And obviously you people in the ring and that is with the referee as well, have to be doing the right thing at the right time. It was very kind of convoluted, but you yeah, all did, a, it, did it was, an, it was an amazing really job. A great, a great team effort there. So like I say, me and Alexis can't take all the credit for it. We can take a lot of the credit for it because we've got <laughs> bodies through hell. But, um, but yeah, we've got to give a lot of credit as well to um, Tom Scarborough, our, our amazing referee, making sure that we were safe, making sure that we were looked after. Mike Hanks in the back, queuing up the different stipulations. I wish yep. he would stop at certain points and just make it end. <laughs> but, um, the pop as you went through that table and then the deathmatch thing came up almost straight after it. The pop was amazing just as a fan. It must have felt great as a wrestler. So weirdly enough, it was a difficult one for me because all of the really big pops I was lying down for. So I couldn't really (laughs) appreciate them. So yeah, I was uh, collecting my feelings on the floor through the table when the deathmatch announcement happened. And then similarly as well, I couldn't really appreciate the full room doing a standing ovation after the match because again, I was... uh, lying out Sparko on the floor um <laughs> not really aware of what was what was going on so um but yeah it was quite wild um going and checking my phone afterwards and just seeing everything blow up and seeing the reaction to it because like you said I was I was down for a lot of the big moments but I couldn't quite uh I couldn't quite soak up the reaction but yeah I'm very very proud of what we did there it had been a lot of um a lot of creative ideas a lot of creative planning and I think it's good because right from the whole story, me and Alexis gelled very well in terms of where we creatively saw it going. And like I say, again, we had a lot of support from Progress with that as well. They were very, very open to our ideas and we wanted to make it something really special and show that, you know, that there can be a really, really exciting, compelling story in the women's division that doesn't have to involve the title because you know I think that's sometimes a pitfall of promotions where it's the story is whoever is challenging for the title and we want to show more depth to the women's division which like you say the payoff for that has been propelling her right into the forefront the point where she's challenging Lana for the title as a much more interesting character than she would have been if she was challenging for that title six months to it to a year ago so yeah very very proud of what of what we did for that yeah, uh, there was a big pop as well in our section because Alexis pulled out a cricket bat from under the ring. It wasn't used in the match, but it was pulled out. And that was actually handed to Chuck Mambo by us for his 100th match at Progress. 
Oh, really? <laughs> but luckily for you, it wasn't uh, used on you because it wasn't a fake bat. It was a real one. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. So I, I know she, um, Alexis had several other weapons planned under the ring, but I think um, certain things weren't where she thought they were going to be. So it was just a case of improvising, getting out what she could. And uh, the cricket black bat was ever planned to come out, but she wanted to, she couldn't find whatever else she wanted to use. So uh, that's why the cricket bat made a, made a cameo in the match. <laughs> So moving on to the actual show itself, we've got yeah. eight matches. Are you across most of the matches in terms of where they go storyline-wise? Or do you want me to kind of like give you a little breakdown? For the whole show, just give us a breakdown. Maybe the people listening don't know, don't know yeah. the full rundown as well. Okay, so we'll leave you to the main event, Nina. Perfect, <laughs> rightly so. <laughs> yeah, so we start off with Spike Gervais to... Uh, Talk about his future as the Progress Men's World Champion. Uh, obviously, he's a champion for over a year now, really holding that title over everyone that comes in his way and the fans and the promotion itself, lording it over us all. He beat Kid Lycos in the last chapter by taking his mask off him and then rolling him up just after he got a brain buster and the Swanton bomb and it looked like he was going to lose. And it seems a bit like he's ready to move on from Kid Lycos. But Kid Lycos, who did a great promo maskless backstage that was fuzzed out so we couldn't see his face saying that this isn't over so it feels a bit like spike's gonna be trying to move on from lycos but i'm not sure that lycos is gonna let him do it lycos isn't letting him do that no. lycos is turning up we're gonna get all the drama all the fireworks just how i like it yeah we're gonna get something i don't know what's gonna happen but we're gonna get some kind of explosive drama between spike and lycos so yeah i'm sure spike would love to move on but like, I ain't going to let it happen. Yeah. We've been talking about character work quite a lot on this podcast. And Spike versus Lycos has been a fantastic story. I'm absolutely loving it. Mm -hmm. Spike is a tremendous heel. Lycos has really grown into a great baby face from the shit wolf that he once was. What's your take on Spike as a champion? Oh, he's a fantastic champion. I don't, has there ever been a more hated progress champion than Spike? not sure i'm really i don't not think sure. there has i mean we've had like heel champions before but i think the fans have also slightly liked and respected them whereas i don't think spike <laughs> has any of that <laughs> i think everyone's waiting counting down the days until spike loses the championship which you know in a way makes him such a great champion because people are really really clamoring for him to lose it and yeah yeah spike's an incredible character you know whenever he talks you listen and that's what you want yeah, absolutely. He's definitely one of the best promos in British wrestling, if not Europe and the world. He's fantastic at what he does. And you're absolutely right. Everyone hates him. <laughs> yeah. So he does his job very, very well. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got the women's championship match, which there's quite some permutations here. So Alexis Falcon challenged Lana and Lana put the obstacles in her way. She said that if Alexis loses, then she can never challenge again. Alexis being the fighting challenger that she is, uh, she's accepted it. And her permutations were that Lana Austin experienced a bar from the building. So for the first time in a long time, Lana Austin doesn't have backup. But I think I'm right in saying that technically Rob Drake isn't part of the Lana <coughs> experience. So she will have a sort of a backup in this match. But you've obviously faced Alexis. You know how much she wants this. Do you see her winning it? I don't want her to win it because I don't like her, you know. <laughs> I respect her a lot and for what for what we did, but um, but it's it's a tough one, like you say. Like even though the Lana Austin experience aren't there, technically Rob Drake isn't in the Lana Austin experience. So I highly expect to see Rob Drake there. I would be very surprised if Rob Drake isn't there. But it's going to be exciting regardless because whoever wins, there's major stakes. We either get a title change or we get Alexis never being able to challenge for the Progress Women's Champion again, which yeah. could lead her to some kind of breakdown levels, which could be fun to watch the, <laughs> the breakdown of Alexis Falcon. And then maybe I could be there to pick up the pieces. So there's no chance of a kind of a Cesaro and Sheamus that you went for a war and now you're tag team partners now? No, <laughs> no, <think> so. <laughs> no, I don't fancy that. <clears throat> Next up, we've got ourselves a Warrior Wrestling Championship match 
it appears that Warrior Wrestling and Progress Wrestling are starting to do a bit of co-promotion, which is fantastic for the fans. Um, we've got champion Casey Navarro, who made an absolutely brilliant debut at the mm-hmm. chapter It's Clobbering Time during the AEW weekend. He was in a match against Nick Wayne on the joint show, and then he was in the Team Miller versus Team Mayfair's match. Got a huge standing ovation similar to you after your match with Alexis. Got a please come back chant, and come back he does with the championship, um, and he's defending up against Vaughn Vertigo, Jack Bandicoot, and Brent Banks. And these are three people that he's facing, and he's added into this list as well, of four athletic men that are going to just absolutely tear the house down, I think. Four men that maybe people don't know too much about, but they've got plenty in the locker to pull out a banger here, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I am expecting to be fully, fully entertained by this match. Like I say, a lot of people who don't have as much progress experience as everyone else. So I always think, like I say, when there's a chip on the shoulder or a point to prove, I think that's when you really see people shine. So I'm excited to see what these guys are going to do. Absolutely. Casey Navarro did a fantastic interview with uh, Progress Wrestling and said that uh, it was his favourite crowd to ever wrestle in front of. So I'm sure that he's going to be up for trying to impress them again. So, yeah, it's going to be fantastic to watch. Next up, we've got a match that I think someone that could equal (laughs) the hatred from the fans to uh, Spike Chave. Maybe not as much because he doesn't hold hold a title over them, but we've got Tate Mayfair's up against Yoshiki Inamura, which is a clash of styles. Tate Mayfair is someone that has been clamoring to wrestle real wrestlers, saying that Simon Miller is just a YouTuber and he beat him with a wrist lock, even though everyone else saw him use the brass knucks to knock him out previous to him, put him in the wrist lock. He's now facing Inamora, a pro wrestling Noah, strong style wrestler. I think this is going to be a fantastic clash of styles. It's going to be Mayfair doing the old duck and run. And if Yosuke catches him, he's in trouble. I'm excited for this one. I'm I am a massive Tate Mayfair's fan, big appreciator of Tate Mayfair's. I've trained with Tate a lot. I've seen so much of his work. I think he's great. Like you say, he's so good at making everyone hate him. He's got charisma to boot. So I'm very excited to see him. And even um, with Inamura, I've not seen as much of his work, but I've trained with Inamura quite a bit recently since he's been over in the UK. And the man is such an incredible athlete. Like for someone his size, he is so agile and he's been learning bits and pieces about the British style as well. Picks them up so quickly. So he's really a sponge when it comes to stuff like that. So I think it's going to be a really, really interesting clash of styles. And I'm, you know, I'm a I'm already a massive Tate Mayfair's fan in my brief experience with Inamura. I'm becoming a big fan of him as well. So I'm very, very excited to watch that match. Yeah. And both wrestlers coming off uh, wins on the last chapter. So trying to carry on their winning momentum, plenty at stake there. And the opposite of that, sadly for these two wrestlers, you've got two wrestlers that are struggling to pick up wins. You've got Nathan Cruz and Gene Money. Gene Money did a fantastically funny promo walking his dog (laughs) for this uh, match where he said that it's best of the losers match. (laughs) Gene Money is fantastically charismatic, really, really loved by the crowd. He's had opportunities at titles that sadly haven't gone his way, including the rather controversial finish with Connor Mills for the tag team titles where they won the title, but then didn't because he pinned the wrong man. And you've got Nathan Cruz, of course, who first ever progress champion, Came back after a long absence at the Super Strong Style, holding the Progress staff, seemingly turning a new leaf and saying how proud he was to be Progress champion. But actually, he was using that staff to dwindle his way into victories over the likes of Will Ospreay, which is impressive, but he did it in nefarious ways. But since then, he's had a bit of a losing streak himself. So two wrestlers that are brilliant, but are just struggling for form at the moment. I think this is going to be a real hard-hitting one. I think so. I mean, I've got to say, I think Nathan Cruz at Super Strong Star 16 had possibly one of my favourite cheats slash rule bends I've ever seen in his uh, victory yeah. against Will Ospreay. It was amazing. Um, he is a very, very intelligent performer in the ring. So I don't think it's going to be long before, even if it's not this weekend, I don't think it's going to be long before he's back to his winning ways in, in progress. And Gene Money, lovely Gene Money, a very good friend of mine. So partially got a personal bias towards this one. Gene Money has so much passion and creativity for wrestling. 
and I really want to see him be able to do more. Like I say, you got to be pretty skilled to get as many title matches as he's got without yeah. a win. Yeah. Either he's skilled or management are having a <laughs> lack of sleep or a lack of their omega threes, something not working in the brain to keep giving him these title matches. <laughs> but yeah, I would, I'd love to see him back on top. I think he's great. And I think it's going to be a very different type of match. I think it's so, so far all the matches that we've run through have all offer something very very different yes so yeah i'm very excited to see what i keep saying i'm very excited to see this match i'm hoping i have time i've got a match to prepare for myself you know but i'm gonna try and get on that backstage monitor and watch as much as i can absolutely next up we've got uh, something else that offers something different you've got tag team wrestling with a very established team insanity a team that are coming back in the following month for Vendetta, the first of the annual shows, which is exciting. They're calling it a super show. So I'm sure that it will have Nina Samuels on it. <laughs> and We manifest that now. <laughs> and they're taking on the newly formed team of Malik and Paul Robinson. So this team formed when Malik was trying to basically say thank you to Paul Robinson for being the person that nominated him for the MPS tournament years and years ago. And he wants to show his gratitude towards him. But so far, they haven't quite clicked as a tag team. They had the boisterous boys beat last chapter, but then Malik tagged himself in and managed to lose the match. Paul Robinson wasn't happy about it, but Costa has sorted it. And he's got a match against one of the best tag teams in Europe, Sanity, Axel Tisha and Big Demo. Very excited for this one. But can Malik and Paul Robinson coexist? No. (laughs) Definitely not. Do you see that, that silly move that Malik played on the last one? Yeah. He's got that much respect for Robbo, but couldn't trust Robbo to get the job done. So, uh, no, I don't see them coexisting. Coexisting against a new, young, up-and-coming team, maybe, but against Sanity, in my eyes, no chance. Yeah. Mm. Axel said in an interview recently that they've got goals set on being tag team champions and they're going to take it all over the world, similar to what you do in Sendai. So... I think smoking aces might be looking over their shoulders as well. And talking oh, yeah. of smoking aces, I'm all, I'm all up for that. And then, last but not least, previous to the main event of your match, we've got the return of Warren Banks, which is something that we are absolutely buzzing for here at Wrestling. Should be fun. He's taken the place of Eddie Kingston, who sadly isn't going to be at the show because he's not doing indies anymore. But if we're looking for a replacement to face Luke Jacobs in a hard-hitting match, you can do a lot worse than picking up Warren Banks, someone that absolutely tore through progress in 2022, headlined the anniversary show, headlined Super Strong Style 2022. Sadly, has had injury issues, but he's back for this match against Luke Jacobs in a match that's going to be an absolute banger. Oh, yeah. And I think with the run that Luke Jacobs is on right now, I love Warren Banks, but I... uh... I don't think it's going to be as night. I think we're going to get a great match regardless, but Luke Jacobs is just on some kind of next level form right now. And I really think it's going to be, it's going to be Luke Jacobs's night. And yeah, uh, yeah I can't see it going any other way. And if he does pick up a win here, I can see him certainly uh, having eyes for RKJ's title. Yes, I think so. I think so. But then he's also got a match coming up with Inamora as well, hasn't he? Yes, that's right. That's going to be unbelievable. Which I'm looking forward to that too. So, yeah, I think uh, Luke Jacobs has been on a hell of a run. I think it's only going to continue. So I'm looking forward to seeing where his career is going to go. I can't believe that he's still only like 23 or something. Oh, it's sickening. Sickening. (laughs) Well, these Um... young people that are so good. (laughs) Even though at 23 now, I guess that they can't be called the young guns, him and Ethan, anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, they're still babies, let's be honest. <laughs> 23 is still a baby. And then we get to the main event, which is, of course, Nina Samuels. You're up against Aliyah James, someone that you've come up against plenty of times in the past, including in NXT UK, where she yes. bested you on NXT UK. And you put on your socials that that's ancient history. And she it said is. that... And she said that she's beaten you previously and she knows that she's capable of doing it again. So there's a little bit of needle there, which I think is fantastic for your match. And it's going to be a fantastic baby face versus heel because you're a great heel. Ali is a great baby face. I think the crowd are going to be into this match brilliantly. And I'm really, 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 really looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, she says that she's beaten me. I've also beaten her. 
Just because it wasn't on TV doesn't mean it didn't happen. <laughs> my victory over her was a lot more recent. So my last match with Aaliyah was only last week and had a great time. Yeah. She is a very, very fun person to beat up. <laughs> I think I'm right in saying that you both trained at the Lucha School, I think. Yes. Yeah, that was where I first met Aaliyah, was at the London School of Lucha Libre. And then since then, we've also trained together obviously at the Performance Centre and at Hustle as well. So we've trained together in multiple places. And yeah, we both hold wins over each other. We wrestled only as recently as last week. So we know each other very, very well. We know old versions of each other and we know current versions of each other. And I think you're going to see a lot of uh, very impressive yeets from myself because there aren't many times I feel stronger than when I'm wrestling Aaliyah James. (laughs) That girl is tiny, but she's agile. She's agile and she's quick as hell. So I can't yeah. I can't take her lightly by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm looking forward. I've got plans up my sleeves for any little uh, cat-like sneak attacks that she might do. I've got some plans. I'm not going to reveal them. I'm not going to reveal my strategy, but I'm ready for her. Yeah, I, I was about to ask, will you go back to your book of Lucha style wrestling? But if you're not going to give any details away, then I won't ask that. But it's in the locker. No, you said you've already in. You've already spoken to Aaliyah James. How do I know that you're not going to be sneaking this information to her? I can't have that. So you're back in progress. You're back. Yes. You're still Reich Cabaret champion, as you've corrected me on. <laughs> yes, still. <laughs> you're in EVE and you're absolutely smashing it in EVE. And you look like you're going to be going to Japan in 2024. So it feels like you've come out of NXT UK and some people may have said, you know, it's it's a low, but I think that you've done amazingly to turn it into a positive and it feels like you're just starting and it feels like you're going to have a fantastic 2024 but do you have any goals in particular take over the world i love that (laughs) world domination for the nina samuel show is the goal fantastic well i feel that it's going to be a goal that's going to be accomplished fairly easily for you nina and thank you so much for coming on to the wrestling should be fun podcast we're really looking forward to seeing you tickets are still available it's available through the dice app and it's a halloween show and there's a fancy dress competition so if you want to come dressed up and win yourself tickets to a future show do so maybe come dressed as nina samuels that would probably win you the competition (laughs) there is a competition especially if jerry bakewell's the uh (laughs) oh no if jerry bakewell's the judge that would get you immediately to the bottom of the pile because he likes to pretend (laughs) that he hates me even though he actually loves me and loves my work (laughs) And before we go, Nina, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Yeah, just follow me on all my socials. You'll see all the shows that I'm going on. You can go to my Big Cartel page, buy some lovely merchandise, which is ninasamuels.bigcartel.com. Do you have a favourite bit of March? All of it. All buy of one it. of everything. And some <laughs> people do. Some people do, and they're the best fans. Best go fans. Go onto my site and you buy one of everything. And you come to my merch stand at every show you come to. You buy one of everything. Love it. The best fans. okay nina all the best for the match on sunday and we look forward to seeing it and we'll see you soon thank you very much wrestling should be fun should be fun wrestling should be fun wrestling should be fun should be fun wrestling should be fun